Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, J215 Forever. Follow your boy on Instagram. On Instagram is my podcast page. It is at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. That's anchor.fm backslash Know Your Role Player. Whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, or more, you will get episodes like today whenever it becomes available. All right, all right, guys, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, October 25th, all right? Now, we got a bunch of games on. Uh, I'll do a real quick recap of who I think are going to win the games, and then I got to talk about last night's games. I'm going to try to keep this pod small. Uh, we're going to push the hot take podcast on Friday because that's okay. Only one or two games come. I can still give up my hot takes. Everything going to be all right. And I'll probably pick up my NBA champion on Friday, right? Okay, so let's jump right into the games for the night. I'm not going to keep it too long. I'm just going to give you all my honest picks. And then Friday, I'll go over how I did as far as who won and who lose. And I'm going to give you all my honest, like, straight raw opinion, all right? Real quick, let's go into it. Okay, boom. So first at 7 o'clock, we have the... Atlanta Hawks versus the Charlotte Hornets. This game should be really high scoring and a lot of fun. Um, you know, I love LaMelo playing Brandon Miller. Uh, but the Hawks should be a little bit better. They have better wings, better shooters, and they can play this up and game, down game a little bit better. They are on the road, but I do like the Hawks to win this game. All right. Next, Wizards and Pacers. I uh, absolutely love the Pacers at home. Uh, Wizards are solid. They can score, but I don't think um, Kuzma's playing. And if you're just kind of depending on one guy, they get to have other guys. But I just think the Pacers are a much better team. Halliburton, uh, Mandarin, Miles Turner. I just think they can play faster and outscore you. Boston in four. I know a lot of people like the Knicks tonight. I'm going to go the other way. I like the Celtics. I think the Celtics are going to blow out this. Yeah, I'm going to stand on I'm with They're going to blow out the Knicks. They're going to shoot a bunch of threes. The Knicks kind of make me a little nervous because they don't grab the three-point well. And the Celtics always play well in New York. It's like a long history of this. Orlando and the Rockets. This will probably be the game that I'll watch to start off. Um, actually, I lied. I'm going to start off watching the Cavs and the Nets. But Orlando and the Rockets will be a really fun game. We have a lot of young talent in the game. I'm going to go with the Magic to win the game. Cavs and Nets. I'm going to take the underdog, and I'm going to take the Nets. I don't think Darius Garland's going to play. A couple of guys are banged up. Jared Allen is out. Darius Garland is questionable. But even then, I like Ben Simmons. I like Mikael Bridges. I think they should play pretty good against them. I also like um, the defensive matchups. I'm going to go with the Nets to upset. Miami versus the Pistons. I like the Pistons, but Tyler Hero always cooks Miami. Uh, Bam Adebayo should eat versus Jalen Duran. And Jalen Duran should also look at Bam Adebayo to potentially see what he could become one day. Right? Let's keep it going. Timberwolves and Raptors. It's really weird that this game is as close as it is. I'm going to stick with the Timberwolves, though. I do not believe the Raptors have the talent to win. This game will get ugly, so I think it'll be a very low-scoring game, but I think the Timberwolves are just a better team. Thunder and Bulls. Here's another one. Chicago's at home. Upset City. This is my upset pick of the night. I'm picking the Oklahoma City Thunder to defeat the Chicago Bulls. All right? Pelicans, Grizzlies. With no Steven Adams, uh, I love the Grizzlies to win tonight. I'm Excuse me. With no Steven Adams, I love the Pelicans to win tonight. Brandon Ingram. Zion Williamson, CJ McCullough, they should get busy, all right? Now, with that being said, Memphis is very tough at home, and they're not going to just give you anything, but I think the Pelicans are better. Kings-Jazz, this is a weird one. Now, I know the Jazz home crowd is a real thing, and they do play hard. I'm sorry, I'm taking the Kings to win this game, all right? 
Spurs Mavericks upset City again. I'm taking the Spurs to beat the Mavericks. All right. I don't think Luka plays, and if he does, yeah, I don't know, Doug. All right. And Trailblazers and Clippers, I will take the Clippers to win the game. That's my picks. We're going to circle back on them on Friday just to see our review. There's not no picks show or anything, but I just want to see how I'm starting to see the NBA season and just see how I go. All right. Now, as far as yesterday, yesterday was pretty interesting. We're going to start with the Lakers and the Nuggets. Uh, before the season, I, I really said I really did enjoy the Lakers, and I thought they would be one of the four best teams in the league. I still stand by that, but I want to give credit where credit is due. A lot of times when teams are an open night in the championship, they come out flat. Sometimes guys are in a little shape, a little bit of hot dog, and they kind of feel themselves. None of that was the case with the Denver Nuggets. Um, they completely outplayed the Lakers again. But I want to get to another topic. The Lakers been chirping all summer. This is what I don't get, right? Now, I don't think it's a big deal that LeBron only played 28 minutes. He's really old. He's played 20 seasons in the league. He shouldn't be playing 35 minutes open at night. If you have to lose that game, I understand the plus minus with LeBron on and off the court is absolutely ridiculous. It is what it is, all right? But if you've been chirping all season, right, I just felt like you should bring it just a little bit more than what you brought today. And I'm sp talking specifically to one person. Anthony, I don't know his middle name, Davis, right? Whew, yo, my man in the first half got absolutely busy. 17 points. He was aggressive. I think he hit a three. Uh, he scored inside shots. He drew a couple of fouls on Jokic. He really was aggressive. And he does what he does best, his Jekyll and Hyde performance. Now, again, it's one game. It doesn't mean everything. It only means that you lost the first game of the season to the world championship. But again, y'all was talking about how y'all heard them chirping a lot. And you, this season is so important for you to be the best player, right? And again, I'm staying on this theme. LeBron has played 20 years. He's old. Stop. Y'all can't keep asking LeBron to save the world, all right? The thing is, when you're an older player and you're still great, because he is still a great player, is that you got to summon it, right? For like eight minutes, he can take over a game. Or maybe two or two, two or three games out the week, but he can't do it every night. It's too much energy, right? And so I agree with Darvin Ham only playing LeBron 29 minutes. Now, what I don't agree was Austin Reeves only playing 31 minutes. That was kind of confusing. There was way too many minutes for D'Angelo Russell. I don't think they trust their backup point guard situation. I am a fan of Gabe Vincent. I think he's really good. He was 0 for 4 with one rebound, two assists, and six points. I wouldn't worry about that too much. I think they have to do a little bit of a better job of hunting shots. Uh, I didn't like the Lakers' inside-out offense. I thought things were kind of they were kind of rushed in a hurry. There's a lot of new places moving. Listen, they look fine, but against the best team in the league, they didn't look fine, right? But again, circling back to Mr. Davis, first issue, the rebounds. Listen, when you play Denver and Jokic is a rebounding machine, you got to get on the boards. Now, listen, I got to be honest with y'all with Davis. He just isn't better than Jokic, and Jokic gives him a hard time because, one, Jokic is physical. Two, you can't move him off the spot. And three, even if Davis can time a couple of his blocks, you're going to get in foul trouble because he's going to get you with a couple of them fakes or he's going to just get right by you. So as a player, even though you look at Davis and like, yo, Davis is so much a better athlete than Jokic, None of that matters. When you're cerebral and you can play with pivots and posts and up fakes, you can just destroy people, man. And so it was really a Jokic masterclass. Speaking of which, 29 points, 
13 rebounds, 11 assists, picked right back up off the finals. If you remember in the opening segment of the NBA finals, there was a um, it was a, kind of a poster of the best players playing in opening night, and Jokic wasn't there. And again, shout out to Charles Barkley, uh, who actually talked about there's no way that he shouldn't be on there. Some people consider him the best player in the league. I'll give it to him since he won the championship, but if you had to ask me who I would take over anybody else in the league, I'd probably still take Giannis. Uh, just because game to game, I think he brings it every night. But Jokic is that dude. Again, you win a championship, you're the best player in the team. I'm not going to argue that you're the best. You're the best for right now, all right? But um, I'm not all worried about the Lakers. Again, I'm 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 frustrated with Davis with the lack of aggression in the second. Just you can't disappear. This season is so important for him and his career trajectory because I hear all the time about Oh, Davis is more talented than Embiid. I want to I want to remind you what people are doing with this. This is called um, argument mincing, right? And so this is a tactic where you can't just say he's a better player than him because he's not. So what you try to do is say, oh, he does better things to him. But the biggest thing with a player of a star player is it's called responsibility. Every single night, whether you love or you hate him, Joel Embiid last season had to come out and score 30 to 35 points a game. Got it done. That's what separated them. Every night, there was no night where he couldn't be the best player. They, they're losing the game if he's not the best player, right? Every night he had to bring it. Even so many parts of last season, LeBron was still the best player. Now, when LeBron got hurt, Davis had a little run, but that's all it is. It's these runs. It's these inconsistent runs. And then before you know it, once he does get into a good rhythm of playing, he starts grabbing something. And that's kind of the Anthony Davis story, what we have today. You know, and so for me... I just I I just kind of laugh when I hear like the yo, what's um, Nick Wright said the other day yo, what do you think about Joel and B for Anthony Davis yo whoa whoa didn't you win a championship with him? It's one game right, so I'm not panicking. I just like to say I need him to be more aggressive, and I'm gonna follow it up. Well, I think he's gonna be more aggressive tomorrow versus Phoenix. Right, this is recorded on Wednesday. The Lakers play Phoenix tomorrow. I think Davis is gonna get busy. I think the bounce back game is coming. All right, a couple other things. Hashtag know your role player. Torian Prince was absolutely phenomenal. I actually kind of forgot that he signed with the Lakers. Six for eight, four out of six from the three-point line, three rebounds and 18 points. He was actually the second leading scorer with more points than Davis. But the other part of this game, and I got to give him a little credit because he played better in the second half. D'Angelo Russell in the first half was hot garbage, man. Um, Decision-making, bad shots, missing open shots, kind of attacking mismatches that you didn't. He was so... Bad. He picked up in the first half, right where he left off in the playoffs, where he was basically unplayable. I got to give it to Coach Ham. He just let him out there. He actually led the team in minutes, played 36 minutes, 4 out of 12. It's absolutely abysmal. He did shoot better in the second half. He hit a couple of threes, led the team with seven assists. So there's kind of be some growing pains with uh, Russell. But to me, like, I don't know, man. It's one game and you're not going to panic, but that is not what the Lakers need to see. He has to play much better. Austin Reeves played really good. It was kind of weird because um, I actually thought Austin Reeves always plays well against the Nuggets, right? But he only finished, well, and I say only, he finished with 14 points and eight rebounds and four assists. Now, I will give credit where credit is due. Denver did a really good job of running him off the three-point line. But let's give credit to the other side, right? The one thing with Reeves is if you run him off that three-point line, he can attack the rim. He is phenomenal at drawing fouls. He's a good mid-range shooter. So he's a pretty well-rounded offensive player. Is why I really like him as the third person on the team. Um, to me, the other thing that the Lakers are missing is just kind of ball handling. When LeBron isn't out there, 
it's all on Russell. And Russell is fine, but Russell isn't a great decision. He's not a good decision maker with the ball, right? I just don't trust the decisions that he makes on the court. And so the problem is when there's no LeBron, it's just Russell and the rest of the Lakers, and they kind of look for him to do. So to me, it is imperative when Russell is on the court by himself, run action, pick and roll, high screen and roll, whatever it is, you got to run action. The kind of freestyle basketball that you can play sometimes, just going up and down, is not going to work. He has to play in structure, but more importantly, he has to make better decisions with the ball. He drove me crazy last night in the first half because he put him in such a hole. Now, the funny thing about this game is it finishes 119 to 107, but that doesn't tell the whole game, right? I really thought at the end of the third quarter, I think LeBron comes out with like four minutes to go in the third quarter. The Lakers cut the lead to four. And as soon as he go out, they gave they um they they blew back to 10 and they never came back. And that is probably indicative of what happens to on and off numbers with the Lakers, right? Jackson Hayes didn't do much for me. I wasn't really impressed. Cam Reddish is okay, but he they have to get him shots, all right? Cam Reddish is a really good three-point shooter, good athlete. You don't want to see him dribbling the ball too much. But again, they got to play faster and get him shots. All that happens with their defense, which I thought was solid, but I think Denver is the highest of the highest when it comes to uh, offensive execution. Also, hashtag know your role player. To me, the best role player on the floor, and this is not a, a diss, this is a compliment, was Aaron Gordon, right? 15 points, 7 rebounds, but the most impressive thing to me, 5 assists. You know, when Aaron Gordon first got in the league, he was just an aggressive, you know, kind of a pogo stick, power forward. They tried to put him at a small forward, and that really didn't work out. He kind of did improve some of his dribbling and ball handling. But on the Nuggets, he defends. He hits his open shots. He can make passes. He plays in transition. He is he has really kind of rounded his team in the form. When all other things are guarded, guarded and, you know, you get kind of stop, he's the guy that kind of takes them over the top. And, again, He's phenomenal, man. He can guard multiple positions. They just look good, man. Even with Michael Porter Jr. struggling, uh, two and nine from the three-point line, five out of 13 from the field goal line, and 12 rebounds, uh, 12 points only. He, he didn't play the whole preseason in the show. Again, Nikolai Jokic played great. Jamal Murray does one thing, plays well all the time. All right, 21 points, six assists, three or five from the three-point line, and overall, they just outplayed him. Again, if LeBron plays 38 minutes, I still think the Lakers can make that game probably a five-point game or less and possibly win it, but they did not. And you got to give credit where credit is due. Denver looks just as good as they last did, did last season, and they're going to continue to move forward. Now, that is not the game that I want to talk about. The game I want to talk about is the Suns and the Warriors. All right, so the Suns defeated the Warriors 108-104. to Now, I'm going to talk about this a little bit. Last season in the playoffs, I thought Devin Booker was absolutely ridiculous. I just thought he took his game to another level. And I got to be honest with you, I kind of forgot. And so this year, he went right back to it. He, he picked up the second he left from the playoffs, man. He was the best player on the court, and it just showed. I mean, this court is loaded with Hall of Famers. Again, the biggest thing for the Warriors, they lose this game. I just don't think they're the same team without Draymond. But I got a lot of people I got to get on about the Warriors. Real quick with Booker. 32 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 3 of 8 from the 3-point line, 13-21, very efficient, uh, led the team in minutes with Durant, absolutely dominating performance. He can play point guard, he can score, he took one-on-one matchups, he just, he's taking his game to the next level, and I'm going to be honest with you, he will finish no lower than 4th on the MVP ballot, because his team's going to win, right? But if he's the engine, he's the engine, I know Kevin Durant, I understand that he can... 
He's the engine. Devin Booker is the engine. Respectfully, right? Respectfully. Now, I got to get some Warriors takes off. All right. <clears throat> Jonathan Kaminga, if the Warriors are going to take off, has to play 30 minutes a game. I talked about this last episode. How many minutes did he play? 20. Yo, dog. In his 20 minutes, he played fine. Uh, he got into foul trouble, had 12 points and six rebounds. He has to play. And again, I understand he got in foul trouble, but here's the thing. I talked about before that Wiggins has to kind of remove herself from the Harrison Barnes role. And what that is, is I'm going to play good defense. I'm going to hit open threes. I'm just going to help my team win. They need so much more from him, and they need guys to develop and grow their games. Well, you know who can grow their game? The number one overall pick. That's who can grow his game, right? And the biggest thing that I look for Wiggins that I'm not happy about, one rebound. Yo, this dude has athleticism of Kobe Bryant in their prime, T-Mac in their prime. I want to remind y'all, he was drafted ahead of Joel Embiid. He was the number one player coming out of Kansas. Those reports weren't wrong because he is that type of athlete that you kind of find a rare breed, and he's a ridiculous athlete. But the problem that's always been with Andrew Wiggins is aggression. Aggression. And again, even if you don't shoot well, 4 out of 12, I would like him to take more shots, but it is what it is. You can always rebound. And that's the one thing he can do, and it was just so frustrating. Um, the other thing is, last year they had a conversation with Clay Thompson where he was kind of hurting the team because he was taking bad shots. Now, it was one game, and you know Steph didn't shoot well. Clay didn't shoot well. Uh, Chris Paul didn't shoot well. Actually, nobody shot well. They shot 10 for 43, 23% from the three-point line. So as a team, they just didn't have it. And that, that things will fluctuate. They'll play a lot better than that. But the thing about it is, it is so imperative that Kaminga gets more minutes and Clay has to take a little bit of a reduced role. Only because I know what Clay can give you. But I also know that Clay's going to just have off nights where he don't got it. And when he don't got it, somebody else should be on the court. And so with the Warriors, again, I don't worry about Steph. He'll, he'll probably have 30 points in the next game and hit six threes. But with the Warriors, if you talk about this team has to grow, Andrew Wiggins... And Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, and Moses Moody played good too. Let's, but Moody's a little bit more limited. He's a 3 and D player, but he's not going to do too much dribbling. Kaminga can really kind of take this team to the next level, right? And so Wiggins, excuse me, Wiggins and Kaminga have to do more. Uh, Chris Paul was okay. 9 assists, 14 uh, points, 0 out of 6 from the 3-point line. That's a thing to watch, right? Even in his last two years in Phoenix, his 3-point shot kind of weaned on him. And again... I would not worry about too much of it. It's only one game, but um, I don't know. I just I just didn't love what I what I seen from it. And he he did a lot of dribbling. You know, it's interesting with the Warriors. They they run this hub offense where the ball passes and sticks. I do think it's good because I think the Warriors never had a, obviously they never had a backup point guard as good as Chris Paul. But um, one he shouldn't start when Draymond Green plays. All right, and two, Kaminga needs to eat into more of um. Clay Thompson's minutes and Wiggins needs to play a little bit more too, right? Because Clay at this point can't guard twos and threes. So when you say we need him to play more small ball four, well, we're just going to have him guard bigger players. He's not a great rebounder. He can rebound a little bit, but to me, you just need other guys to step up. Now, hashtag know your role player, Josh Okogie. All right. If you want to know why the Suns win, it's not Kevin Durant, it is Devin Booker, but it's the other guys. One, Yusuf Nurkic. 14 rebounds, 14 points. Out-rebounding Kevin Looney is something I didn't see on uh, on my bingo card. Josh Okoge, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 1-3, but plays with the most energy, right? 
And so I, I'm, I'm actually going to be honest with you. I'm completely shocked that the Suns uh, beat the Warriors. I thought the Warriors would come out, kind of flex a little bit at home. You know, Bradley Beal didn't play. Even without Draymond, I, I was really looking for the Warriors to kind of saying, yo, we still here. Again, it's one game. I'm not overreacting. But I did kind of look at that game and say, hmm. All right, that's all I got for that game. Uh, real quick with news and notes, I want to talk about a little thing that, you know, I, I haven't talked about. So Ice Cube, who's a big host of the uh, Big Three, has talked about for a couple of seasons, and more importantly in the last year, that the ESPN were kind of stopping him from getting deals, were kind of discouraging players to play for his uh, league, and he had a big problem with it. So let, let's talk about this for a second. One, I'm going to agree with Ice Cube to say a lot of people that talk about the NBA, nobody even covered this story. So let me take the courage to talk about this right now. One, I didn't know a lot about it, but this is what I do know. The Department of Justice, the DOJ, is actually investigating the NBA for kind of some unfair rulings. And so, I ain't going to lie, if the Department of Justice is saying, yo, we need to look into this, there is some smoke there. And again, let's talk about why this is an important factor. So you probably will say, yo... They're only contracted to play in the NBA. They shouldn't play in another league. All summer long, all these guys do play in pro-am leagues, the Drew League. They play in basketball leagues all summer. It's basketball game. You're just going to play pickup games. And again, you don't want to play them in the big three, but I don't know. They can play in all these other leagues. Why can't they play in the big three? Again, the big three is a half-court game. It's not even a full-court game. To me, it's a little bit less injury because you're just kind of playing a half-court game. It should be easier. You know, so it's interesting to see that. Um, and again, you know, sometimes people kind of make Ice Cube sound crazy. I didn't comment on it because I didn't, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't have enough to see on it. But I, I got to be honest, if the Department of Justice is doing an investigation, Ice Cube never seemed like a liar. He always seemed like a man in good honor. And this needs to be a thing. And if this is true, the NBA should be held responsible for it. You got to remember, a couple of years ago, I specifically remember um, the big three being on Fox Sports 1. I don't believe they're on there on there on there anymore. You know, you can still watch them and catch them, but it's so important for that league to get endorsements and sponsorships and help them grow. And visibility is everything for that. Well, who's affecting their visibility? The NBA. It doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense to me because even if the big three got huge, the NBA will still always be better. Even if you look at Ice Cube, he'll probably want to watch the NBA over the big three because they got the best players, right? And so and the NBA, the big three is kind of a lot of retired players or guys who are kind of just outside the league. So it's super confusing to me. I, I I would love for there to be more clarity on the situation because I just personally think it's wrong, right? And, and it, it needs to be some accountability. Last but not least, um, Charles Barkley was on the NBA and TNT show, the greatest NBA show in the world. Um, and he kind of asked an off-script question to uh, David, excuse me, Adam Silver. And he asked Adam Silver about domestic abuse and how it's going to be addressed. One, I got to give hats off to Charles because there's no way that question was supposed to be asked to Adam Silver. All right. But, you know, Adam Silver's response wasn't great. He said, one, it was accusations. We have to deal with it as such. And two, we have to let the legal situation. And he said basically what he needed to say. But the thing is, there's too many times where the domestic violence issues in the NBA and guys are kind of just getting like a pat on the wrist and sliding back in the training camp. And it's like, yo, do we care or do we not? Is there accountability or is there not? And specifically, a lot of this has to stem from the Miles Bridges situation, right? He kind of, you know, got a little bit of a year 
uh, plead to lesser charges. But if you read the reports, it's some ugly, nasty stuff, right? And the NBA, I don't think, never officially suspended him. They just kind of say he was out the league. And once he got down to lesser charges, he got back in the league. Um, there has to be accountability for this. It just has to. There's no excuse. It's, it's no. There's nothing okay with putting your hands on a woman. And the NBA, for a couple of years now, is kind of looking at this and be like, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens, all right? A couple of news and notes. A couple of news and notes. The NBA has nixed the All-Star draft. I actually like this move, right? So we're going back to East versus West. Uh, and this is interesting. I, I, I didn't see this coming. But um, the theme this year is back to basketball. So I told y'all all offseason, it's called play basketball, be in the NBA. There's a tournament in the regular season because the NBA is just not respect. Excuse me. The regular season is not being respected enough, right? And so uh, Adam Silver says, and I quote, we're looking at some potential changes in format, maybe a return to something more traditional. A lot of it comes down to reinforcing to our players how important this is for the fans. But we don't expect playoff intensity, but we expect a competitive game for our fans, right? Yo, you're just saying play, man. Like, listen, nobody's asking for playoff intensity, but there were plenty of years I can find tape for y'all where there were great all-star games. And again, you'll never have a chance to see this great a talent in a hub like this. You know, in I get um, one of the arguments is there's so much for the players to deal with, right? As far as like media and events and it can be overwhelming okay i get that but i'm pretty sure that they extended it and um the first game doesn't start towards the end of the week so yo if y'all need a day off and y'all want the all-star game to be monday the problem is if we make it monday y'all still won't play competitive and my thing is if the starters don't play competitive yo put the new guys in there let them play whoever's just bringing the energy play them don't just play a guy that i got a name and you want to see me play dog if you're gonna go out there do these corny, nobody's guarding you shots. I don't want to see it. You can keep it. And so I'm I'm, I'm behind Adam Silver, and uh, you got to play, man. It's just too many guys that are disrespecting the game, right? It's just they're not playing. They want to show these Instagram fits. Yo, let's get back to playing basketball. That's what we all here for. Everything else is cool, but let's get back to playing basketball. I got a little bit of information on Dwight Howard. I don't have enough on it, so I'm going to wait until it talks about Howard. But I do want to talk about Mr. Harden. So Harden returned to the Sixers today, and the Sixers, uh, he was going to travel with them to Milwaukee. And the Sixers said, yo, dog, you need to ramp up, all right? Um, so there's supposed to be a 10-day plan for Harden to get in game shape. I don't know. He, he, looks, he looks like he's pretty healthy, honestly. Um, but obviously, this you know being physically fit and is be ready to play thirty six minutes. So I just need this thing to end. Um, I think the Clippers are just playing like this lazy cat and mouse game, and I don't think the Clippers are all that great this year. They'll beat the Blazers tonight, but I just need the Clippers to come out struggling a little bit, right? Because I just feel like you not giving up Terrence Mann is like dog. It ain't that deep, dog. Like you need Harden. Your team plays dumb slow. They play super methodical. And both of your best players are super inconsistent as playing playing time, right? They always hurt. And again, hard to get hurt too, but I don't know, man. I think he could add something to that team. I do think they could use his dynamic. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I, I don't know how this thing will... <sighs> I've been trying to be not anti-Harden because I'm not a Harden fan. But again, as far as the podcast-wise... I do believe even Doc Rivers said on the Bill Simmons show that, you know, 
I think he would be taken care of, and he hasn't been taken care of. And again, that falls on Daryl Morey, who, you know, that's the guy who kind of made your name to fame, right? And you didn't take care of him. And if that's what you said you was going to do, you could have did something. You could have did a player option with like $30 million, or you could have did something where you had freedom to get out of it while still kind of extending them. You know, you could have restructured his contract and put more money into the last two years. You could have did things, you know. And so I can understand Harden's frustration. All right, we're going to wrap it up there real quick. I appreciate everybody for the last podcast. I understand it was an hour and 22 minutes. My podcasts are not that long. I consider it more of a TV show where it's about 30 to 45 minutes, probably 45 minutes on Friday episodes and Wednesday episodes. I kind of keep it down to 30. We're right near the 30 minute mark, so I'm going to wrap it up here. But please like, share, subscribe, retweet, repost, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. So real quick, Thursday, I want to talk to you all about Thursday. We're going to get out of here. All right. Today is Wednesday. Thursday, there are two NBA games on, right? So the first game is the Sixers and Bucks. I, all right, this is what I'll tell y'all. The Sixers aren't beating the Bucks, but I think I think Maxi will have well over 25 points. I think he's going to really he's going to be my pick for most improved. I'll give y'all that. Also, the Suns and the Lakers, as I told y'all before, Davis is going to do the Jekyll and Hyde thing, but he's going to be high today or Jekyll, whichever one is the gooder version. He's going to score easily over 30 points versus the Suns. I'm not buying Nurkic. He, he always dominates him. I'm looking for a Lakers bounce back. I don't know if they're going to win because LeBron's playing 28 minutes a game. I don't know if they're going to win. Also, Booker's going to give the Lakers the business. If you remember last year in the second round of the playoffs, there was a lot of chirping between the Suns and the Lakers, man. And certain guys got injured and certain guys felt like, well, you won, but you're not better than us. That game is going to be really competitive. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have to stay up and watch it. All right. So, but real quick. Thursday, I love Maxie to have a breakout season, and I love Anthony Davis to bounce back, all right? Those are my two hot takes for Thursday. Friday, we're going to have the Hot Take Podcast. We'll have 10 takes. I'll give you my NBA championship. I'll give you my teams that will make the playoffs, and I'll give you a little dabble of a – it'll be the weekend pod. So maybe Friday, the first half of pod, I'll talk about what happened the last two days, and the weekend pod, I can do part two, and I'll give you all that, all right? So – as far as podcast schedule, it's going to be Wednesdays and Fridays. If I find that so much has happened over the Friday to Monday thing, I'll go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So how it is is if I just feel like I'm missing too many things to talk about that happened in the last three days, I'll add another episode. But if not, and I feel like I can get enough in two days, in two episodes per week, I'll do Wednesday and Friday. So Let's start off doing this week two days, Wednesday and Friday. And then, again, if we have a big weekend and I feel like there's just too many topics to talk about, I'll jump on the Monday pod, right? And it'll kind of be with y'all. Again, I really appreciated this episode. My last episode was huge. Some of the highest ratings I had. Uh, Please, like, share, and subscribe. There's a little bit of things going on where, like, hashtags don't work as good as they used to. So the only way things are going to have to grow organically, which I'm fine with. I don't really believe in buying followers and all that stuff. I have to grow things organically. But that happens with two things. It happens with y'all help. And it happens with me being more consistent, putting out the work, and getting on YouTube before the end of the year. It's a necessity, all right? But again, like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Y'all be good. Peace!